joining us for the second season of the Simple Table Podcast. Join us as we continue to dive into real, relevant, and complex topics. Hey, welcome to the Simple Table Podcast. This is Brayden. Nicole. Hey, it's Kyle. And we are going to start a new topic. It's a very big topic, so we'll break it down quite a bit. But it's on union versus separation. So, Nicole, what are we talking about today specifically? Sorting. We're going to go into a little bit about sorting, which uh, Brene Brown talks a lot about in one of her books, um, Braving the Wilderness. And I really like her a lot. Um, Will you briefly, though, kind of say what separation and union, why that covers so many things? Like, what's an overview of... Uh, why we're going to talk about that or how we go into that and yeah. how that kind of gets to some of these more basic stuff. That's yeah. A big statement. It, it's something that it's not just in the church. I mean, you've got uh, denominations where when we agree, we come together. When we disagree, we separate ourselves and go find people that are like-minded. Um, while it's good to, to be around like-minded people, you can get into a bubble mm. and then it becomes everything that you believe is true and everything that everybody else believes is false. And so um, we, we carry this into life in general. You've got political parties, you've got denominations and churches, you've got your work self and your family self. You've got um, your relationship with God and those who you view as outside of relationship with God. Mm. And I mean, it, you, you can practically, I think, go into every facet of life and find some form of where you're dealing with either separation or union. And I mean, it goes into communication big time because uh, whenever you have a problem, if you're separating yourself from it, you're not going after clarity and union that, I mean, you know, it's, it's a huge topic and that's why we're going to break it down because there's so much to talk about with it. So going into sorting that in itself is going to be a big topic. Well, I feel like we even like kind of what we're doing then is defining the separation part. And at some point we should define the union part too. Cause I feel like that's even more confusing for people. I think today's world people so much want union want relationship want connection want to feel like they belong somewhere and because we have all these avenues and ways to supposedly be more connected the internet social media there's so many apps and things i don't even know what's out there now like i feel like i hear about new ones all the time that I did not know existed. But because all that stuff's there, it's almost like we're becoming more separate mm-hmm. and more divided. And we can see what people like and don't like. And that's where sorting kind of comes in because um, sorting is basically where you um, figure out what is different about you and other people and what is li- like who is like-minded with you, what you have similar and you kind of start to separate them in your mind and put them in different groups. Just like if you get a bunch of blocks and you start to put all the yellows together, blues together, you sort them out and make them separate 
groupings of things. And we start to do that with people without even realizing it. And it's easier today than it's ever been because you get on Facebook and you can immediately, within 10 seconds, about a lot of people, you can kind of tell where they stand on certain things, if you might get along with them or not, if you have stuff in common based on how they dress, how they look, what they post, what they like, if they have affiliations on there. And so I think because we so much want to belong, we want to find people who are like us because we feel like we'll be more accepted. I think acceptance is what we have attached to the idea of union, but I think the world's view of acceptance right now is skewed and is actually causing more separation right now. The world's view of acceptance. Talk, mm-hmm. to, talk to us a little more about that. Well, this is just my opinion. And I, I would actually really love to go interview a ton of people and ask them, what does the word acceptance mean to you? I haven't done that yet, but ah, I'm planning to. That would be fun. Because I think when I hear the little bits that I hear... Even with the whole, the church and homosexuality, that's a big topic that I think the church is afraid to talk about because if you say the wrong thing, no matter what you say, pretty much someone is going to be upset with you or disagree with you. And too often now, disagreement means we can't even be in relationship anymore. So I feel like I've heard people say like in news or on Facebook that if you don't agree with me, it's basically you don't accept me. You don't accept what I stand for. You don't accept who I am. I I have a friend who um, is very much that if you don't support gay marriage, then you don't accept her for who she is. Um, I mean, is she, is she a homosexual then? Well, it's a distant friend from college. Like I still follow her on Facebook. I don't, I haven't been in communication with her for a while, but I see her posts and it's kind of communicating that very thing. Like if you don't believe this or, you know, people said this about the church or she's so hurt by certain things and she's communicating, they don't accept me Hmm. because they don't agree with her. Okay. And I feel like I've kind of heard that message. I don't know. Have you guys seen things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think acceptance Um, to some people looks like you think the same way that I do, or you support what I think. And, and so I have the question of what is true acceptance? What is Jesus definition of acceptance? What is currently the church's view of acceptance and what is the world's view? And I know saying the world is really generalized because the world is filled with people who think all kinds of different things and generalizations I think are dangerous in the first place, but nobody can not make them pretty much. It's right. hard to not do that. Right. But I don't know, like, how would you guys define what you think currently the church is? Again, dangerously generalizing, but the church's definition of acceptance versus the world versus Jesus. Hmm. Well, I think that it's, it's always uh, difficult to... Um, speak on behalf of this is how Jesus actually thought. Right. Totally. But that's, that's what we do. Uh, Whatever, whoever holds the highest standard and value in, in the conversation, the either for the individual or for the, the person, the people that are talking, you elevate that standard or that value and your opinion about that person is uh, how okay let me let me say it this way 
if two Christians are talking and they're using Jesus as the source of um, the the highest standard or value that they come to agreement, one person may have a value on what Jesus says or thinks, and another may have a different opposing value on what Jesus says or thinks. And therefore, um, I'm going to be right about what Jesus says or thinks. And the other person who has a differing opinion will say, no, this is actually what Jesus says or thinks. And because we don't agree on how Jesus would show up, but we think that we actually know how he would show up, uh, we demonize a person. Um, And that's just with the church. You could use that for the Bible. You could use that for politics. You could use that for uh, social justice. You could use that for um, anything. It's what is my, what is my highest value or in a conversation, what is our common highest value and what is my opinion? The, the, the problem is, is that if I believe that my opinion is the only opinion, that's where I see sorting come into place because I'm not willing to actually see from a different perspective. So I think that the question that you asked is a good question. I don't know if it's, I think it gets back to something deeper. That is, how do we actually uh, enter into a conversation with people and are willing to actually hear an opposing view and how does that actually uh, affect something inside of us? Like, do we notice the triggers that it creates or causes inside of us um, when we hear something that we, quote, don't agree with? Mm-hmm. We're quick to make assumptions or stereotype or label even in our own minds. Mm. Brene says um, people are hard to hate up close, mm. move in. Like, yeah. it's from a distance, it's much easier to make snap judgments or determine things from a surface level, like you're saying. And so getting to know people, it's harder to, like you start to realize they're human. So I think, and I've read this too, but as you sort people out and you make these stereotypes and we can surround ourselves with blogs and podcasts and books and TV shows and things that support our view or that encourage what we believe. And so it only solidifies where you're at. Um, But that strengthens the divide sometimes. Mm. And so what that can end up doing then when you make judgments or when you don't see people beyond the stuff you label them with, you can start to dehumanize them and just put them in the category of the stuff that they agree with. But isn't it dangerous to hear something that's not right or? Well, okay. So you're getting to the point of (laughs) being right versus being wrong. Ah. And I think that, I think, I like to be right. <laughs> Braden, you, you care about being right? No, I, I love being wrong <laughs> all the time. It's fun to be wrong. Yeah. No, I, I think And then it just right. builds everybody else up because right. they're right. So this you're is serving my, the world. I'm serving my laid down life. Wrong. <laughs> being right and being wrong is a big thing. I think we are uncomfortable being wrong. And so we start to, uh, yeah. Jump in because I'm like trying to gather my thoughts about this right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets down to um, this thing of dualism. Mm. This the, dualism separates because it can't hold two things in tension and remain in in the midst of or in the presence of whatever those two opposing things are. 
Yeah. And so we do that with male or female, black or white, Hispanic or black, um, gay or straight. Um, like there, the, the list goes on, um, Republican, Democrat, um, uh, dem- uh, democracy versus socialism. You know, the, the list goes on and on because we, because we can't do dualistic thinking unless you actually are willing to do the hard work of digging deep inside of you as an individual and realize why those triggers um, make you so uncomfortable. What is it? I don't think that a lot of people are aware of what it is that they're afraid of hearing or being wrong. Like, what does that do for you as an individual? So I think we're afraid when we have a mindset of right and wrong, because being right feels good without maybe realizing it, we associate it with good and bad. Uh, good and, and evil? so maybe good Knowledge and evil. Knowledge of good and evil? Dang. But so then if someone else is wrong, we think we're right, we know they're wrong. I also probably then kind of without realizing it subconsciously, assign them that they're that that's bad somehow. Mm. And so I need to protect myself from that, mm-hmm. from something that's bad or wrong and not let it taint me or affect me or bring me down with them. I think there's this fear. I think fear is very rampant in the world today. What are we afraid of? Well, I mean, kind of kind of going back, in the Western world, it's so ingrained in us from the very beginning of going into school and, and everything else. And I don't know if it's just been the, the past generations or, or what, but we're taught there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. Hmm. And if you get the answer wrong, you are failing, hmm. which then brings in the feeling of not just I failed, but I'm a failure. Yeah. And nobody wants to be a failure. Right. So, Instead of it being like, hey, you know what? Everybody's going to make mistakes, and that's why this is how you learn. You learn by, well, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? And how can, like, what are all the things I can learn from this? Mm. Um, anybody in business will tell you, you're going to make mistakes. So if if all you're ever doing is showing people, raising them up, in the sway of you can't get it wrong or you're a failure, Hmm. you are going to kill small business. You're going to kill entrepreneurship and you're going to essentially just kill life in general because people are going to be failing and then going, well, that's just part of who I am. Hmm. I am this failure Hmm. or, you know, we look at, uh, in our society, even, you know, Republican or Democrat, there's one there's right. And there's one that's wrong. And if you start to agree on one side, it's like, Oh, you're failing your party. Mm. Same thing with, uh, homosexuality and, uh, being straight. If you know, it, it starts to be like, this is a failing kind of thing or one side is failing or, or whatever. And so there's condemnation instead of going, and questioning, like, what is it that that you're believing in this? Like, we're, we're so afraid to question beliefs hmm. because if I feel it so strongly, then I have to accept it because hmm. my feelings are my guidance, hmm. which is feelings are not bad, 
but they are not great at guiding. Hmm. They're not great at giving, you know, this is, this is good direction. Um, especially when you just accept, I mean, if I, if I tell you something that you don't agree with, you're not going to accept it right away. More than likely hmm. you're going to sit there and either say, no, you're wrong and walk away or wrestle with it, wrestle with it. Yeah. And so, but it seems like our society doesn't do that a whole lot when it comes to feelings. It's, this is the way I feel and you better accept it and you better accept me because this is who I say I am. Hmm. And if you don't agree with that, then you don't accept me and I want nothing to do with you. Hmm. So getting back to what was your original question? Do you remember? I don't. Well, you had, you had said, uh, why being wrong, being right, being wrong. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And I feel like a lot of what I, what I just said kind of, kind of covered that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, why is there so much fear? Mm. Yeah. Um, fear of failure, fear of rejection. Yeah, It, it, it is. It's fear of rejection. It's, you know, I mean, rejection results in separation. Yeah. Right. So I think it gets back to this whole idea of uh, separating out and sourcing out, sorting out, source, sorting out. Um, and I, I think that that kind of leads us back to the reason that we're afraid is because we're, we're going to be rejected by our people and we're going to be put in a category. Um, right. And we learn that really quick. We're not going to belong. We're yep. not going to have a relationship. We're not going to have connection, which is what we're most afraid of. Yeah. By trying to make sure we have it and find people that are like us, we end up rejecting more and more people. I hear this all the time. You hear people say, I'm just trying to find my people. Mm-hmm. Find your people. Like there's this there's this mindset of find your five, find your people, find the people who are going to, you know, encourage you and whatnot. And they're always like people who are either like you or a little above you who you want to be like. And they're going to um, pull you up. But the, I think the problem is, is that too often uh, we're not we're not maturing in those ways we're we're becoming maybe more um we have better arguments for our positions rather than more emotionally mature people because our inability to actually uh be in tension i think that maybe you described this a while ago about lifting weights your muscles rip and then they they come back together and they get stronger and i from an emotional standpoint we tension tension creates strength and we avoid tension as much as possible even emotionally and uh psychologically and so we're not our our culture is not strong we're we're so quick to to give up snap whatever it is on that which we don't agree with because we've not done the hard work of actually staying in a an intense place and doing doing the work so I think those statements of find your people, that kind of thing, is really encouraging somebody to make sure you have people that make you feel good and you're accepted. It's kind of selfish in a way as opposed to find people, love people. Mm. Instead of find yours? your people, yeah. who are the people that are going to make you feel, who are the people that are going to make you feel secure yep. instead of just love people. And so the opposite of acceptance is rejection, mm. right? So when I think about Jesus and about love, love, I feel like I always will go back to that. Like love 
is not the definition or what we understand a lot of the times, but love, true love, God's love is accepting, but it doesn't mean that what you're doing or, or, you know, where you're at is acceptable, Mm. but he doesn't reject. Mm. I don't think people like Jesus, the people at the time that maybe the Pharisees would have rejected like Zacchaeus or the woman at the well or the woman in adultery, they would have been more comfortable with sorting and rejecting but he accepted them. He talked to them, but he's not saying what you're doing is acceptable or I agree with it or I'm okay with it or I don't mind or that's awesome. He, but he accepted the person and loved the person and still chose a relationship with the person. And I think there's a tension there that makes us uncomfortable if we feel like we have to be the same in order to be in relationship. And he didn't have to be the same. He didn't have to be where they were. He didn't have to agree with everything. There's a, I don't know if I'm making sense on that. Yeah. Jump in. If I could jump in just real quick. One of the reasons this podcast is called the simple table is because of uh, Psalm 23, five. So in that David's writing and you know, the beginning of the, the Psalm, it talks about, you know, um, the Lord of being my shepherd and I shall not want. And then in five, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And I think that it's really interesting because it's not God's enemy. It's an individual who's recognizing he has an enemy and that God actually puts the enemy right across from them. And the, the, the whole idea, I believe, um, on what David was actually picking up on what God is doing is he puts people in front of us to have a meal with. Jesus was was associating with people that the Pharisees were scared of because he would sit down and eat with them. That's where conversations take place. That's where tension is experienced. And that's where we get to see individuals as people rather than enemies. Because once you, once you actually sit down and you have an in-depth conversation with someone who is who, who thinks different from you, who sees the world different from you, you start to see them as human and it creates this reality of there's union, there's unity in things that I didn't even realize because I labeled you as this from afar, from a distance because you're an enemy. Like, you know, in David's day, it's a Philistine, right? This is the way that you think. This is the gods you worship. This is, you're the ones who are in our land, all that stuff. Our modern day situations are, are more like, oh, what's your political party? What's your religious beliefs? What's your uh, gender preference? Like I had this really interesting experience. I went to the beach um, last week and I just was, was there to do some silence and solitude. There's this woman who lost her dog and she's whistling and like, hey, hey. Uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. You're, you're, you're messing up my, my silence, right? Um, I lay down after a period of time on the sand and this dog just pops up out of nowhere and I'm like kind of freaked out. And then the woman, uh, has climbed up this dune and I try to get away from everybody and I'm like, Oh man, Oh, whatever. So we start having a conversation. Long story short, she knew that I was a Christian. She knew that I was pastoring. Uh, she, 
she asked what I did and I told her that I pastored and uh, that I'm actually uh, stepping away from pastoring and she asked some questions about it and and then she said oh, I'm thinking of making a career change she's probably in her maybe late 50s early 60s um, and she made this statement she's like I could do that right now I've got a condo and my partner has a condo and right in that moment like I was aware the statement of partner was different from my my husband or my boyfriend or whatever and I was confronted at that moment. This is where I feel like Holy Spirit was inviting me into, are you really going to challenge this thing of being in tension and being like realizing what's going on inside of you? And uh, so she said, my partner, and I, I just, I said, um, what is your partner's name? And this is, this is what was interesting for me. If it were a woman who were talking about her boyfriend or her husband, I would have asked that question. What's your husband's name? Or what's your boyfriend's name? And uh, and yet too often because we've, we've been conditioned with our opinion to not ask any other questions that would actually confront those things inside of us that maybe we don't quote agree with. And it keeps us isolated and separated. So I went, I went on further once she said this, her, her partner's name. Uh, and I don't remember at at the time, it was just a really quick statement. I, I I wanted to lean in a little bit more because I'm I'm desiring to grow and knowing that you're a human and I don't want to dehumanize you by pushing you away. I said, how long have you guys been together? She said six months and then quickly shifted the conversation. And I felt like you could see when someone's uncomfortable. Uh, I could I could sense that she was uncomfortable that I was asking questions, which is fine. Maybe maybe if they were heterosexual, it would have been the same thing. But for me, I found myself leaning into what am I uncomfortable with, so that I don't have a dualistic way of thinking where I start to sort people and separate people and say, well, you're less than and you're not willing or you're not worthy of actually experiencing love from me because I I would. I want to be one who who loves everyone and doesn't sort people out um, just because of whatever preference maybe they they live in or or think. Well, I think the other reason that we sort is not necessarily because I think some people maybe do it because they're uncomfortable and so I'm going to put you lower than me. But I think that actually is fueled by the fact that not fact, but fueled by this. I want to make sure I'm important enough or I want to matter. Hmm. And so we sort to find people that make us feel good or like we belong Hmm. and so i think if you're comfortable in who you are in your identity and you don't need to matter because you already know you do you're less likely to sort Hmm. so it's not always that i think someone else is probably less than it's i don't think enough of who i am already so i need to feel better about myself by separating what makes us different Hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah expound on that just a little bit more so as you were saying that like you're trying to be aware. I don't want to separate her because and make, you know, and, and think she's less than. Yeah. And I, I think your reason for not wanting to source because you don't want to lower her value, which is good. I also think a reason to not sort is because when we do so, we're actually lowering our own value. Mm. And some people will separate out because I want to feel like how I think is right or matters or is important. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's in my head, but I'm, I'm struggling to figure out what I'm thinking out loud. I think this is, this is the joy of this, 
this podcast is like to to challenge one another, challenge our thinking. I hope it's challenging your thinking as you're listening to this. Like, why? What, what is what is the need for me to be high and value valuable? Like, to to another person, if I haven't realized that in myself, because if I'm if I haven't realized that in myself, you're right. I'm gonna seek after that from other people first and foremost. When they reject me, I reject them so that I can find where I get value rather than Sorting coming in. makes me feel superior. Yep. Because I need to feel superior. Yeah. So we're going to continue this on the next podcast. So look for that yeah. coming soon. And we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Then go over to Facebook and type in the Simple Table Podcast and hit like. You can also listen to all of our previous episodes and find all our new episodes on our website at simpletablepodcast.com.